0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. 2024 is here, and, and uh, we're going to be starting this 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, I'm going to get into some of the details of that at the end of the message, because I know for some of you, this may be something new. And, and I want to encourage you. I want to show you what God has for our life, why, why we do that. But if you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 10, verse 30. Acts chapter 10, verse 30. I want to talk to you today about why prayer is and fasting. You know, when you read about the great men and women in the Bible, the ones that we actually admire so much, we come to church and we we hear their their stories, I think we have to ask ourselves this question. What is it about their lives that caused them to be such an inspiration? What is it about their lives that caused them and their lives to stand out and not blend in? Can I ask you a question? Do you want to be average? Is that your goal, to be, live an average life? Does anybody ever say in 2024, I want to be status quo? No, but how do people become average? How do people become status quo in their life? Here's why, they don't aim for great things. See, I would rather aim for the universe and then hit the clouds than have no aim and be average. Can I hear a good amen today? And so I love that you're here today because it shows desire. It shows hunger that I do not want to live an average life. Let me ask you a question. What is normal anyway? I was having this conversation with somebody this week and I asked them, I said so many people were just like, they strive to be normal. Can I ask you a question? What is normal? What is normal and average. God never created you to be common. He created you to be uncommon, come on, and miraculous, and live a supernatural life. And the heroes of the Bible that we look at, they weren't average. That's why we read about them. They were uncommon. And their lives are still inspiring us today. You know, this week we'll be at a celebrative of Life service for my stepfather, Dan, and we're going to talk about how his life, even though beyond the grave, is still inspiring us because his life is still speaking to us today. His faith, his devotion, and all of those things. And it will be the same with your life. Your life will speak beyond the grave. But my question is, what will it say? Will people be at your funeral going, hmm, i got to come up with something? Yeah, I saw him every day at work. But uh, when we read about these people, what was it about their life that caused them to be different? Do you know? Although many of them lived in different times, when you study them, they followed different patterns. Uh, they followed. They lived in different times, but they actually they they actually lived in different times, but they followed the same patterns. What was it? They feared the Lord. Watch. They obeyed the Lord. They prayed, and they didn't just pray, but they fasted. Moses fasted for 40 days when he was up on the mountain with God. Daniel prayed three times a day, and Daniel fasted, right? Jesus fasted. The disciples fasted. Now, first they fasted. Why? Just to honor the Lord. Let me tell you a little bit about what fasting means. If you're new to this. And so we can all be kind of on the same page. Fasting is to voluntary. Everybody say that, voluntary. Voluntary, abstain from food or spiritual reasons. I want to make sure that everybody knows this is voluntary. We're not a cult and say, if you don't fast, you can't come to church here. That's not what we're saying today. It is a voluntary uh, abstaining from food for spiritual reasons. In the Hebrew, uh, fasting means this, to cover your mouth. In the Greek language, which the New Testament was written in, it actually means, listen to this, to enter into self-denial. It actually means to crucify your flesh. Watch this. Pastor Phil, why would I want to crucify my flesh? If you're taking notes, write this down. Because it's your flesh that is the biggest hindrance from you enjoying the things of God. I want to say that again. It's your flesh that is the biggest hindrance from you advancing and enjoying more of God. I want you to notice something. I did not say it was the devil. I said it was your flesh and its appetites. Come on, can I hear a good amen today? The Bible says the flesh wars against the spirit. What is your flesh? Your body. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you have a body. Now, this is who fasting is for. Fasting is for anyone serious about kingdom advancement. How many people are serious in 2024 about kingdom advancement? Fasting is anyone who is serious about kingdom advancement and living a significant and impactful life. Have you found Acts chapter 10? Verse 30, we're going to look about a man who lived an impactful and a significant life. His life was a catalyst. Many people don't know about him. He's one of my favorite people in the New Testament. His name is Cornelius. Acts chapter 10, verse 30. So Cornelius said, Four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. At the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. Watch this. I want to stop right here for a second. So in his fasting and prayer, one of the things we're going to talk about next week, one of the things that changes is he starts seeing things that he's never seen before. An angel appears to him. Now, some of you may think you see angels because you're not— eating. Like, oh, Pastor Phil, this is so hard. And you hallucinate. That's not what I'm talking about. And maybe you will. I, I pray that you, maybe you see, man, celestial angels. Praise God. But most of us aren't going to see that. But here's what I am going to tell you. You're going to start to see spiritual things in a different way. Why? Because you get your flesh out of the way. You're going to have supernatural insight. Let me say it this way. What he sees is is beyond the natural realm because he's praying and he's fasting. I'm going to talk more about vision next week because fasting and prayer affects your vision. It says, so Cornelius said four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed at my house and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. And he said, Cornelius, your, watch this, your prayer has been heard and your alms, what you have been giving are remembered. One translation says they have come up as a memorial in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon there whose surname is Peter. So Cornelius, what does he do? He sends two men to get Peter. We know who Peter is. Peter is the one that God called, and his his name was Simon. God changed his name. Jesus changed his name. He walked on water. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He preached 3,000 people, uh, uh, got saved, and so Peter is, is, is is a key person in the New Testament. And so they send for Peter, and this is such an interesting story because Peter arrives at Cornelius' house, and he begins to speak. I want to pick it up in verse 44 for the sake of time. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. That's what I pray that when I preach today, the Holy Spirit would fall upon you, that they would not just be mere words, but there would be a moving of the Spirit of according to the word of God. Anybody receive that? Because it says, according to those who heard. So when Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those. Can I ask you a question? Would it be okay at Passion Life Church is that as we are speaking, that we allow the Holy Spirit to move, that the pastor doesn't just give you three points and a poem. Come on, somebody, that we allow the Holy Spirit to do some work. That's kind of an uncommon type of church. Can I hear a good amen today? And I love this because it's happening at their life group, and, and it says this, and Peter was still speaking these words, and the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard, and those of the circumcision Now this is key. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jewish people here, right? So he's talking about the Jewish people. So he says, all of those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. And as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues. How are they speaking with tongues? Because this happens when the Holy Spirit moves. The Holy Spirit moves and people begin to speak in other tongues. You see that very often in the New Testament. And it says that they begin to speak with other tongues and magnify the Lord. Then Peter answered, verse 47, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? He's talking about the Jewish people. Peter's astonished that the Holy Spirit is falling on Gentile people, that the Holy Spirit is not just limited to the Jewish people. I want to say it this way. The outsiders, the Gentiles were considered outsiders. How many of you are so thankful that the Holy Spirit is pouring out on the outsiders, those of us who are outsiders, who have been outsiders? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Oh, that's, that's, that's a great decision. How many of you know if somebody comes and speaks at your house and the Holy Spirit falls and people are speaking in tongues, it's probably a good decision to say, hey, why don't you stay a couple days? We'll make some room. Anybody want to make some room? We'll make some room for that. You know, as we step into this new year, people make resolutions. And I, I believe it's good. I really believe it's good to evaluate ourselves. You know, the Bible says that if we will judge ourselves, we won't be judged by other people. Right, That if we'll have some self-examination, if we'll judge ourselves, we won't be judged. Change is good, but here's what I found. Change doesn't just happen in my life because a clock changes a second. Change doesn't happen in my life just because there's a new day on the calendar. Change happens when I say I'm going to change because nothing changes until it changes. Right? I think sometimes we have more faith in a calendar than we do, than we can actually make a difference and we can actually change. You know, I had a great year, 2023. My wife and I and my family, we had a great year. But can I just tell you something? I refuse to allow 2024 to just be a repeat of last year. I had a great year. Listen, and, and many people, because they're not growing, they live the same year over and over again. We call it being stuck. You know, the other day I asked my, my wife a, a provocative question, and I like doing that to her. She knows that I do it to her, but sometimes she doesn't know when I'm doing it to her. Come on, somebody. And so we were about to walk because we, we started walking, and we don't even have a dog. Can you believe that? We just walk, but we pretend we have a dog so we know. And I looked at her. I said, are you surprised we're still married? And she said, what? What are you talking about? I don't know. Are you surprised we're still married? I we're, I mean, how many years? It's 14 years that we've been together and three hours. So it's, I mean, it, it's, it's awesome. But she's just like, why are you asking me that? She goes, are you surprised that we're still married? And I said, well, I, I, I kind of am because I was crazy. Like, I, and, and here's what she said, and I love it because I, I didn't know I was setting her up. I was setting her up. And here's what she said. She goes, you know, you've grown though. In other words, we're still married because you're changing and you're getting better. Now, she doesn't have to change that much at all. I know she does her eyebrows and her hair and that's about But But, but she is the Holy Spirit to our family. She speaks and we like, yes, Lord, come on, somebody. Right. I think in 14 years she's been wrong once and it was like 50 percent. Right. But what I'm saying is that here's what she said. She said, you've changed and you've grown. And that really blessed me. That, that blessed me, Val. Because I, I, I think about I have grown. And our marriage is evidence that you can stay together if you're willing to change and you're willing to grow. Can I hear a good amen today? And I could just expect her to grow and me not grow. But I'm not going to expect somebody else. I think it's hypocritical to expect somebody else to do something I'm not willing to do myself. And so as we make goals, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I don't want to live in the same cycle. But I think what happens in our goal setting at times is we can really put an emphasis on the physical. We can really put an emphasis on the natural things instead of the spiritual. And can I just tell you both, it's important. It's good to diet. It's good to exercise. It's good to set goals. But can I just tell you, the correct priority brings the power that is necessary to to break the the barriers and cycles that are in our life. We have to prioritize the spiritual. And 2024 will be the best year you ever had if it's your best year spiritually. Pastor Phil, you say that every year because every year it's true. Every year, it's true. And so Acts chapter 10 introduces us to a man named Cornelius, and he's literally having an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in his home. Oh, my goodness, what a goal. How about we put that on the top of our list, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, not just in church, but in our house. That in our house. My church family, when you have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your home, it will heal your marriage when you have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it will divorce proof your marriage. Anybody here today? Come on. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit will change your kids' attitudes. There will be a different attitude in the home. Everything changes when the Holy Spirit is moving in your life and moving in your home. That's what I want. That's what I want. What a great goal in 2024. I want the Holy Spirit to move. Here's what the truth is he is moving, but through prayer and fasting, what it does, watch this, it makes us more aware of what he's doing. So what he's doing, I want to do. I want to get in sync. I want to get in connected to what he's doing. So I asked myself, who is this man, Cornelius, that's seeing a, a Holy Spirit move and power in his life? Well, this is what's interesting about this story is that Cornelius wasn't a Jew. He was actually a Roman soldier. He was actually a Roman centurion in the Roman army and a Roman centurion that he was actually a Roman centurion is a commander in the Roman army. So he was expected to lead from the front. He was supposed to inspire his men and little did he know that he would be inspiring us in this new year. And here's what's so interesting. He wasn't Jewish. What do you mean? Why is that important? He was an outsider to the Jewish people because the Jewish people looked down on the Romans. And he was an outsider. This is why if you read Acts 10, I would would just encourage you to go through it because we're going to talk about this a little bit in some next week. It's interesting because he's praying and he's fasting. And unbeknownst to him, Peter, the apostle Peter, has a vision himself. He goes up on uh, on the roof, and he has a vision, and he sees this, like, blanket, and he sees these four-foot animals, and God tells him, kill, kill these and eat them. And and Peter's like, no, 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 I'm I'm not going to. God had to tell him again. He had to tell him again because Peter knew of the diet restrictions. But listen to what God told Peter. God said to Peter, it's in Acts chapter 10, he says, what God has cleansed, let no one call common.'" What God, This is what he tells Peter. So when Peter shows up to Cornelius's house, he understands that God was not just talking about animals. God was actually talking about the Gentiles. He was actually talking about the outsiders. And he says, you see this man, Cornelius, I have cleansed him. And what I have cleansed, you never call common. So I want to ask you, have you been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ? And if you've been cleansed, how dare you call yourself common? I'm fired up. And I'm telling you, I'm coming out swinging. I'm going to tell you why. Because I may never see some of you again. Because you'll only be in in church once. Because it's like people, they go to the gym. All right, I'm excited. We're going to go once and we never see them again. So I'm going to swing today. Because some of you, this may be the only message you actually hear. Is that all right? That's okay, because I'm going to do it anyway. What God has cleansed, let no man call common. You were created to be un common. Whether you believe it or not, act like it or not, want it or not, you are not to be a common, average, normal person. So stop trying to blend in. You are called to live out loud. You are called to be salt. You are called to be light. That's why you are alive in 2024. God needs uncommon people. He needs uncommon people. And so this is interesting to me because Cornelius' life matters so much and is so significant because in Acts chapter 10, it was Cornelius' household that God used to publicly open the doors of the church to the whole Gentile world. Look at me. He had no idea what would happen because he was fasting and praying. He had no idea the significance that his life would have. He didn't just fast and pray. The Bible actually says that he fasted and prayed, and he prayed and he gave. The Bible says that Cornelius not only fasted and prayed and prayed and gave, but his life became a memorial unto God. And he's a Roman. He has no idea. My church family, look at me. You have no idea what God is about to do when you start to seek him and when you pray and when you fast. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those that love him. Watch. But he has revealed it. How? By his spirit. And so by fasting and praying, what we're doing is we're positioning ourselves for the possession of what God has for us we're positioning ourselves why to be more aware of his present not to just be led by the filter of our feelings but to be led when there's holy spirit moments in our lives divine interruptions in our life that we are aware of them that not only for other people not only would it change others but it'll actually change you it'll actually change you And God would use Cornelius's fasting and his prayer to open the door for the church to come to the Gentiles. Let me say it this way. God would use Cornelius's fasting and praying to open the door to the outsiders, those who didn't feel like they mattered, those who didn't feel like they couldn't add up. God wanted to reach them, and Peter was actually shocked. That's why he said, well, okay, God, what you have cleansed, let no man call common. Thank you for telling me that because God wants to cleanse every single person. God wants to cleanse every single sinner because he loves people. Don't call yourself common. Now, I ask myself this question. What did, what, did, what did Cornelius do? What did he do that his life would become such an open door? Well, I think that when we look at Cornelius's life, we can actually answer the question why fast and pray? Well, here's number one fast we fast and we pray because it's simple, it honors God. Anytime you deny your flesh, your fleshly appetite, it honors God. It honors God. Now, let me talk about fasting food for just a moment because fasting food is important because it's it's the appetite for food is one of man's and women's strongest desires. And I like to say this, if you can master your appetite, you can break anything. Let me say that again. If you can master your appetite, you can break anything. But listen, it's not just fasting. It's prayer and fasting. If you're fasting without prayer, that's a hunger strike. Come on, somebody. Still awake. I'm not talking about going on a hunger strike. I'm talking about instead of eating physical food for my appetite, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the food aside for moments and I'm going to pray to feed on God's word and his spirit. I'm going to tell you something, you will never be the same. I'll tell you how this works. The things that used to chain you in 2023, you'll break that barrier. You'll break the barrier Fasting and prayer honors God. Now, I'm not talking about just a religious thing. I'm actually talking about seeking the Lord and crucifying our flesh and honoring God. You know why? God will make his presence manifest where he is honored. Why is Cornelius having a move of God in his life because, and in his home? Because he honors God. See, what many people want is they want the benefits of Cornelius' house, the benefits. The Bible talks about his whole house was touched. We want the benefits. We want the great marriage. We want the great kids, but we don't want to honor God. It's like, God, I, I want your benefits, but I don't want you. No, if you honor him, everything that he has comes into your life. Can I hear a good amen today? Listen, Acts chapter 10 verse 2 tells us about Cornelius. He was a devout man who feared the Lord. This word fear means to honor, respect. It means to worship. Let me say it this way. To worship, He thought God was worth it to value him and to honor him. I'm, wi- I'm willing to set aside time to pray. S- willing to set aside some food. Why? Because God, you're worth it. Seeking you is worth it. Now, everybody look at me. I want you to hear me. I'm not talking about God loving you. I'm not talking about putting food aside so God can love you more. Listen, God loves you. This is not about God loving you and showing you value. He loves you and showed you his value by sending his son to die on the cross for you. You are absolutely loved by God. But this is not about that. This is about, ready? This is about you loving God. Pastor Phil, I don't know how a loving God could send people to hell. That's not actually even the question. The question is, why would people reject a loving God? Because what we want to do is put all the responsibility on him and none on us. He loved you, but you have to receive his love. And you know what he does want? And he desires for you to love him back. He wants you to want him because you want to. Why would you want to spend eternity with a God that you don't love anyway? I love him. I think that's going to be the best part of heaven is not the streets of gold, but spending time in the presence of Jesus. That is going to be the best. Right? But it honors God. So, when you talk about prayer and fasting, you talk about what we're doing. It's, it's an act. And some people are like, well, Pastor Phil, you know, this kind of sounds a little bit like works. No, listen, works won't save you. But can I just tell you what works does? The Bible says in the book of James, James says this, he says, you will see my faith by my works. He says, James says this, my works are actually an expression of my faith. He says, faith has corresponding actions. He says, you want to talk about faith? He says, look at what I do because faith always has corresponding actions. Work by itself doesn't save anybody. But you know what? Work and confession is an expression of your faith. Can I hear a good amen today? This is why you remember when Jesus was teaching? People say this all the time. They say, well, you know, Pastor Phil, you know, God knows my heart. And they always say it like this, God knows my heart. And then they always go like this, God knows my heart. Can I be honest with you? He actually does. And we know your heart too. How do we know your heart? By what you say and by what you do. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Bible says guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of your life. We know your heart by what you do. I'm not talking about judging people. I'm just telling you it's coming from your heart. So when we just say, well, you know, God, God just knows my heart. We know your heart by your actions and we know your faith by your actions. That's why when Jesus was preaching, right? And the paralytic had four friends who looked inside the house and it was packed out and they didn't just say, "Mm, you know what? I don't think God wants to heal my friend. No, you know what they did? They climbed up on the roof and they broke the roof open and listen to what Jesus, the Bible says this, the Bible says that Jesus saw their faith, how did he didn't see their hearts. He didn't see their hearts. He saw their faith. How did he he see their faith? They broke open the freaking roof. They were desperate for a miracle. So this whole thing, I'm talking a little bit. I got a little bit of an edge on me because for 30 years, I hear people say, yeah, you know, God knows my heart. He does but we know your faith, and he knows your faith by your action. Everybody say actions. And so here's what I found out about honoring God. I want to ask you, how many of you found this out? Everything in your life that you do that honor God actually benefits you. When I honor God, man, it benefits my life. Here's another reason why we fast and pray, because it promotes spiritual disciplines. Listen, since it's our flesh that is the biggest hindrance, if we see past our flesh, see past the natural, guess what? You're going to start to see spiritual things. And then watch this. You don't see your circumstances the same way. You see them how? How God sees them. You see them in the light of how his spirit sees them. It promotes spiritual discipline. Look, Cornelius, Acts chapter 10, verse 2. Cornelius was a devout man. He was a devout man and one who feared the Lord let me just say this. Cornelius was devoted. Cornelius was disciplined. Oh, here's a word for us Californians. I don't even know if I should say it. Some of you may not come back to church next week. Cornelius was consistent. Consistent. You know, every year I evaluate my friends. I look at them. And how many of you know I can pick my friends, too, even though I'm a pastor? I'll minister to everybody. I love everybody. I will reach people, pray for people. But in my close friendship, in that circle, I want a devout person. Yeah. I want a consistent person. I want a person who texts back. Come on. Not four days later. I know you're busy. I'm busy, too. But that's why they have this emoji. Because you can go, hey, I got it. Do you guys know this? Just wondering. I want somebody that when I say something, they're not going in a different direction. I want a devout person. Why isn't God looking for the same? He actually is. He's looking for consistent Christians. But you know what? You can't be devoted without discipline. Yet, discipline promotes devotion. You know, If you were to look back in 2023, can I ask you this question? What you were really devoted to, what kind of results did it produce for you? What did not coming to church for a year or every once a month, you know, average church attendance for a Christian right now is twice every six weeks. And I'm like, do you know we're going to be in heaven for eternity? We're not going to be in heaven twice for six weeks. So if you don't love God's house, how are you gonna love him? I I don't know. I'll just pray for you. I love God's house. I love it. I love being with people. Three weeks ago when my stepfather passed, I'm like, man, I gotta get to the house of the Lord. I gotta get around people like Angie, who's always on fire and full of passion. And look at her, even the way she's dressed today, amazing. Look, come on, stand up, Engie. Look at that. Come on, stand up. Come on, come on. Now, does that say I want to blend in? No way. What God is called, <laughs> what God has cleansed. Come on, somebody. That no man called common. I love it. I need to get around that when I'm down. People full of faith. That's, that's what I, I need to get around. But you know what? Fasting is going to help you and prayer have spiritual disciplines. Fasting and prayer promotes consistent and consistency, and endurance. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says this, therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm. One translation says, be strong. Everybody say, be strong, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now there's that word, work. God loves it when we work. He gave Adam a job. This was even before the law to name all the animals. Work is of the Lord, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Watch, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. Watch this, knowing and being continually aware that your labor is not futile. The Amplified says this, it is never wasted or for no purpose. You know what the Bible also says? God rewards those who diligently seek him, diligently seek him he says be firm be consistent keep praying keep fasting watch what i will do because you know what every time you keep your commitments power is exuded every time you keep your commitments it reinforces that in your life you know i want to help some people today and, and i want to help you because i think one of the reasons why we're inconsistent is because we start good we have good intentions. And then we'll start. Let's just say, all right, you're going to start. We'll show you what, we're, what we mean in a couple moments about prayer and fasting. But you may start first day, your prayer and fasting. Second day, third day, you forget your fasting and you eat something. Can I just tell you something? Don't quit, don't stop get up the next day, and keep going. Because, watch this, you may go, all right, Pastor Phil, I'm going to go for 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it turns out that you only fasted one day out of 21. Can I tell you something? One is better than none. That's a new word. One is better than none. Because there are people who actually struggle with perfectionism right? This is my new quote for 2024. Sloppy success is better than perfect failure. Yeah. Well, I'm not fasting. If you fasted five days out of 21, five is better than none. Come on, somebody. Five is better than one. Because see, what happens is some people think if I can't do everything, I won't do anything. But I want to tell you today, something is better than nothing. Something is better than nothing. One breaks the barrier of none. I want to help you. I want to help you get up and just don't quit. Yeah, you'll make some mistakes, but keep going. I would rather you fast three days out of 21 than not even fast one because one is better than none. Oh, you're really going to like what I'm about to say right now. I talk to people. 30 years of doing pastoral work. People come up to me, Pastor Phil, you know, you know, we, we just can't tithe and give offerings, but what, you know, we will. And, and then one day we will. I say, okay. So they tell me they can't give. So I ask them this, what, what can you do? Oh, well, what do you mean? Well, what, what have you given? Well, you know, we're, we're waiting for that perfect offering and that perfect gift to give. Okay. So you haven't given $1 because you can't tithe? Because one is better than none. If you think God is worth it in your worship, if you don't think he's worth your dollar, then don't give it. But five is better than none. And they look at me like, man, like, I, listen, I didn't fail math. Come on. I, I just still know that one is better than Zero. And watch this. If you gave $1 every week, $4 is better than none. Now, I'm going to say this because I'm coming out swinging today. Oh, well, every dollar matters? Does it? Because you haven't given one. So how much does it matter? Unless you just don't think he's worth it. Oh, well, Pastor Phil, you know, well, that, that's actually not the issue. I don't know where the money goes. Oh, come on. Really? that that That's... Really, what it comes down to is in your heart. Well, God knows my heart. In your heart, you don't think he's worth your buck. But I'll tell you, one breaks the barrier of none. You know, I, I couldn't, when I started hearing about tithing, even my offerings, I was just like, man, that, that's overwhelming. But can I just tell you, God will help you. But if you'll start, hey, listen, I'm, I'm being totally serious because I, I know people that have told me I give nothing. Watch this. Start with saying, this week I'm going to give my dollar. And you know what? Next week I'm going to give my dollar. Ne- the other day, you know what? I'm going to give my dollar. And this week, after giving none, I'm going to give four dollars. And you know what? If God blesses me, I'm going to give five. I'm going to give an extra dollar to the building program because five is better than none. One is better than none. Do you know, my wife and I, I'm praying about what we're gonna to give to the building. We tithe and we give our offering. Right? But you know what I have done? I haven't said, man, that big amount. Remember when Anita got up? She's like, I'm gonna give five thousand dollars. Man, I was just like, praise God. All right, Lord, what do you want me to give? But here's what I did. I didn't have a number, but here's what I started to doing. We gave our tithe our offering, I'm gonna give ten bucks here. You know what we're gonna give our tithe offering? Here's twenty bucks to the building. Right? Because twenty is better than zero. Can I hear a good amen today? Are you there? I know, I know, I understand, because when we talk about money, everybody's like, mm, yeah. But if he's worth it to you in your worship, it's not a this, it's a this. I'm passionate about this because you know how many people I pray for about finances? And I ask them, Are you tithing? Do you give? No, I don't give anything. But it's interesting. You want God to bless your finances and you won't give a buck. I'm just being honest. This is not for me, it's not my building, it's our building. You know what we're going to do? We're going through all of our closet, and we're going to get all of the clothes that I thought that I could fit in at some point. Come on, somebody. And we're putting, come on, I have some in there. I'm going to get into this shirt at some point. I'm. Gonna, I know, I'm going to do it. You know what we're going to do with all those? We're getting them all together. We're going to take them down to a thrift store, and we're going to get paid for them. And if that's $12, watch, $12 is going into our building fund because 12 is better than none. 12 is better than zero. What am I telling you today? I'm telling you today that it promotes spiritual discipline. I would rather you be disciplined in giving $1 every week than giving nothing. I would rather you fast one day out of 21 than never fast at all. Can I hear good amen today? Here's number three, why we fast and pray. Don't worry, next week I won't come out swinging. Number three, why do we fast? Because it promotes spiritual synergy. You know what synergy is? Synergy is the interaction or cooperation of two or more uh, organizations, subs, uh, substances, or agents to produce a combined effect greater. Everybody say that with me. Combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. How many of you this year, you want to see a God have a greater effect on your life? He's already powerful. He's not going to get more powerful. He's already moving. But will you allow him to have a greater effect on your life? And this is what's interesting to me about Cornelius. He didn't just pray, he gave. He didn't just pray, he fasted. And a greater effect is the sum of just one separate. Nobody ever said, I'm going to have a jelly sandwich. Why? Because you add peanut butter and jelly, and it changes everything. Come on, somebody say synergy. Diet is one thing, but when you put diet and exercise together, there is a synergy. And here is this man, Cornelius. He's got synergy going in all of his life. He's praying, he's giving, he's praying and fasting. And guess what? The Holy Spirit moves in his life. Why? Because he's becoming aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's honoring God. And in his life, he desires that, and his desires become a discipline that I want God in my life. I want him moving in my life. Can I hear a good amen today? And what he does, all that he does, listen to this, is really an act of faith. Just like James said, he said, I will show you my faith by my works. No, works doesn't save you, but faith will cause you to do something. Faith will cause you to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Faith will say, I need forgiveness. I receive Jesus as your, for, my forgiveness today in his sacrifice, so God can cleanse me, so I won't be common in Jesus' name. How many of you believe that today? How many of you believe that God can do it for you? If he can do it for an outsider like Cornelius, he can do it for you. Can I get a good round of applause today? I didn't come to pick a fight with you, but I did come to stir you up. I did. And I hope that I did that. And, it, and it, if some of you are upset, I hope you're upset enough to change. Because what I'm doing here today I want to help you walk into 2024 and it be a year like never before that God is moving in your life and that even you will be surprised like Peter is, what? Peter's like moving around among the Gentiles that you look in the mirror one day and go, look what the Lord has done. So here's some details. Here's what we're going to do, right? We are going to be fasting voluntary Monday for the next 21 days. And according to Judges twenty twenty six, 26, this is what we do. We fast from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. What does that mean? So on Monday, I will get up around 5.30. Why am I getting up? I'm getting up because I want to pray and I want to eat. So I'm going to eat before 6 o'clock. And then what I'm going to do is that from 6 to 6 p.m., I am going to do my life, but I'm going to take time, and I'm going to pray to the Lord. And then at 6 p.m., after 6 p.m., I'll have a meal. What is the purpose of that? I am denying my earthly physical appetites. And here's the cool thing. I'm not doing it by myself, but as I feed on the Word, God is going to strengthen me. Can I hear a good amen today? So that's what I'm doing. Now, let me just tell you, here's people who should not be fasting, right? If you are pregnant, If you're a nursing mother, you should not be uh, fasting. Those of you that are over 70 years old, listen, we're not asking you to fast. Those of you that have any type of diabetes or health concerns, listen, we're not asking you to fast. But watch this. Prayer is better than nothing. Reading God's Word is better. Well, I can't fast. Well, guess what? Maybe double up on your prayer. Double up on your reading time. Can I hear a good amen today? If you have children under 18... They shouldn't fast. Now, some children, some people in their teens like to say, hey, I want to fast sugar for the next 21 days. How many of you think that's a good idea for your kids to fast some sugar? Right? Um, That's great. But we're not asking you to do that. But here's what I am, am asking you to do in the next 21 days, to seek the Lord. I'm asking you to pray for your family, yourself. Pray for our church. Let's see what God will do. Can I hear a good amen today? And then on, on, from 6.30 to probably about 15 or 20 minutes, we're going to be on YouTube and Facebook Live. We're going to be praying with you. And you can watch the replay uh, if, if you need to do that. That's fine. Pastor Phil, I work. I understand. But we're talking about spiritual disciplines. Get up a little early, make yourself some food, eat, go to work, and then on your lunch hour, go sit out. You can drink some water, you can drink some chicken broth, some beef bone broth, any liquid, anything that's not food, and then just sit outside for a minute and just pray and just ask God to give you the strength, pray for things. Then when you get home at 6, then eat a little bit. And we're going to do this for 21 days. How many of you think that's possible? How many of you think it's possible? Look at all these hands. Absolutely it's possible in Jesus' name. Why? Because we're going to have the best year. We're going to seek the Lord, and we're going to watch God move in our life like no other year. Amen. Come on. If you believe that, give the Lord a good round of applause. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.